Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Wait, I want to talk about the story that Kim just posted of Haley. At Haley Bieber, who's a longtime friend and confidant, really just always aims to tell the truth and got me to take five shots in truth or shot today. She's my favorite drinking buddy, hashtag who's in my bathroom, which I guess means that Kim's going to be on one of the upcoming episodes of who's in my bathroom. That news is a little bit too exciting for me. What a collab. I mean, purely from a business perspective, here they are doing Haley's YouTube series while presumably promoting both road and skin while drinking 818. To me, that is like the stuff of Kris Jenner's dreams. I promise you Kris Jenner is happy about this, but she's not happier than I am. (laughs) These are two people we do really ride for. And we don't typically get to see content like this of them together. Have we ever seen Kim do any sort of an interview where she's drinking? I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but we may have. I mean, just generally speaking, not to say that this is going to be any sort of a groundbreaking interview. I think it'll just be more of a fun YouTube thing. But there's totally something to be said for Haley being the one interviewing Kim that I think allows her to feel comfortable to get drunk and know that no matter what, her boundaries in terms of what she's going to talk about is going to be respected. And Haley is another A-list celebrity that gets it. You know, like there's just something to be said for that comfortability that comes when the person doing the interview is somebody that you already have that natural relationship with. Yeah, and they do have this very funny um, big sister, little sister dynamic that I think we've seen glimpses of, but I don't think we've ever really seen them one-on-one in this capacity. So that'll be really interesting to see as well. Yeah, I mean, it does remind me slightly different, just hear me out, slightly of the Kim Jennifer Lawrence interview, which I know is one of our favorites of all time. You know what's funny about that is... I would say that has a completely new life on TikTok. I probably see a clip of that every other day, if not every single day. (laughs) So do I. And every single time I go to the comment section, because I get so much joy from the people that are watching it for the first time. You know, like I would love to experience that again. 
to watch that for the first time was a thrill. That's kind of how I feel about the Kiki Palmer interview when she talks about Titanic with Steve Harvey. For a week, two weeks after we saw that interview for the first time, I think that we made every single person in our life sit down and watch it with us. (laughs) We did. We did. We sat down my entire family and every single person got as much of a kick out of it as we did, which if you're listening to this and somehow you haven't watched that yet, I'm going to put the link in the description because I promise you a laugh. But you know what that reminds me of? Okay. You're going to get this. Another interview clip that we made every single person who we came in contact with sit down and watch. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you want a hint? Can you give me a you No, know, I actually, I don't want a hint. It's one that we both. Oh, oh, um, um, the Tiffany Haddish one. Yeah. <laughs> the Tiffany Haddish, Jaden Will Groupon story. One of my all time favorite interview clips. That is like my comfort YouTube video. Like if I am having a bad day, I will throw that on because I think it is just one of the absolute funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I know, I know. I mean, to bring it back to who's in my bathroom, which I'm by no means expecting that we are ever going to get that sort of comedic genius from Kim that we got from both Tiffany Haddish and Kiki Palmer. But Kim really doesn't drink. It's just not something that she enjoys, which I know you and I both totally relate to. So in the rare moments that she decides to, I think it'll be kind of fun to watch her, you know, let loose a little in that way. Can I unlock a memory that you maybe forgot you had? Yeah. In terms of drinking in an interview, did Kim drink on her appearance on the one season hit, Cocktails with Chloe? (laughs) Did she? Wait, I forgot that that show even existed in the first place. I know. That was a 2016 classic. Can I tell you something, though? I I was thinking about this last week, and I don't think I said it to you. I saw on TikTok just some clip from when Chris had that talk show, and I don't even remember what the clip was about. But it really got me thinking. It's so interesting that Chris's show bombed in the way that it did, because in theory, it has all the makings to be a good show. And I know the counter argument is like, yeah, but what qualifications does Kris Jenner have other than being really famous? I actually think she does have that kind of energy that would make a pretty good talk show host. Like, I think she can schmooze with the best of them. But there was something about the formula that just didn't work. I think they did it at the wrong time. I think if they tried to do it again, it would be a much more successful show. But you know what's funny about that is that we so often talk about all of the products and all of the things that they have done that have been such successes, they've had a lot of failures under their belt too. Like they've had their hat in a lot of different rings and it didn't always work. I think that the reason that it hasn't been as much of an issue is because the failures came earlier on. I mean, think about it in recent years. To me, the only one that comes to mind in like the last four years of like, holy shit, this was a massive fail is Kylie Swim. Yeah. And even like their other runs weren't technically massive fails. It was just like minor flops. But I do think that some sort of a streaming service, Kris Jenner would be an excellent, excellent interview host. And even if there was a drinking component, actually, probably especially if there was a drinking component, because I think that is when Kris is at her funniest and most carefree. But I think that at the time that that show was on, the Kris's show, I think people didn't know that aspect of Kris Jenner's personality. I think they saw her as momager and I think they saw her as the matriarch of the family, but I don't think they knew how fun she was. Like we obviously knew, but I don't think everybody who was tuning in 
knew that fact about Chris or everyone who had heard of the show knew that about Chris. I think that if they were to try that again and they were to really play up just the hostess that Chris is and how much fun she is, we could have a really successful show. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't even think it's something that she should do. To me, it's a prime example of the if it ain't broke, don't fix it concept. You know, they know what they're doing with reality TV. Why don't they stick to that? But that show came out in like 2013. So it's almost been 10 years. And I think that Chris Jenner circa 2013 had a lot more to prove than a 2022 Chris Jenner. So I think she, you're totally right. She'd be able to be a little bit more carefree with it because I think to her, not that the stakes are lower. I think that if you're going to do something like that, you want it to succeed, but it would just be a kind of different energy. But still, I don't think she should. I mean, I really, really don't. I think they have the formula down with reality TV and they should stick to that. But it would be interesting just as a case study to see how it would do now. To me, there's something that could be really successful there. Like picture, close your eyes for a second. Imagine the interview takes place at Chris's house, okay? And it's just a revolving door of celebrities coming in to have a conversation with Chris, an interview with drinks at her bar in her new house. They go through her house. Like I'm telling you, it could be a very, very, very elevated but hilarious concept for a show. I'm honestly really into it. Like comedians in cars getting coffee, but like Kris Jenner in her house drinking. Right. Well, when you're describing it in that way, I'm into that because to me, that doesn't feel like a talk show. To me, that feels like Kris Jenner is inviting you into her home for 20, 25 minutes of fun, lighthearted, and maybe at times deep conversations with other A-list celebrities. That I can get on board with. And the entire thing would be really luxurious, really extravagant. You know that the most recent season when I think Chloe's at Chris's house and she's in her new silk robe, drinking a martini, drenched in diamonds in the bath. Like that exact energy is what I envision she would bring to this show. So Mindy Weiss would have the whole thing done every single time. It would be beautiful Jeff Lethem florals to the point where no matter who walked in, even if it's Gwyneth Paltrow walking in, she would still be amazed at Chris's decor and attention to detail. That is exactly what I want. I can see it so clearly. I also want like an element of the show where they go shopping together. Okay, honestly, sorry, now my mind's like really going. Can I tell you what I truly actually seriously want? Because I think this would be so educational. Yes, please. A limited series where Chris and Mindy Weiss do like 10 episodes together and they really take you through a way to elevate an event. Obviously, the price point is aspirational to the majority of people and not something that's rooted in reality, but they give you maybe even tips that you could incorporate into your own parties. To me, like that's fun to watch. Okay. Yes. But I honestly, I don't care about our own parties. Like I want, if Kris Jenner is doing something with Mindy Weiss, sorry, I want this to be out of anything that I could ever even fathom for myself. I want a show where Mindy Weiss plans an event for a specific celebrity and Chris is like her sidekick in it. But Chris is almost like the, (laughs) Chris is almost like the uh, bar mitzvah DJ MC where she's in charge of like creating hype and Mindy plans the event and the two of them work together. But I want it to be like the most extravagant events that you could think of while having that Kris Jenner twist of being so much fun. Okay. So are you thinking that the people on the show would be known celebrities or like really wealthy people that we may not know of, but are down for their event to be filmed? Known. Yeah. Because I want like, I'm trying to think of who a really good example would be. I want Chrissy Teigen to be hosting a party 
And I want Kris Jenner to take her to like Hermes to pick out China for the party and like watch that whole thing ensue. Like I want it to be the, I want the guest on the show to be equally as fun and participatory as anybody else would be. I mean, quite literally the perfect person for this, if they were doing a pilot is Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. I could create my dream list. It would be like Jennifer Lawrence, Chrissy Teigen, Cardi B. Honestly, though, you got to throw in like Drake, Bieber, people that are willing to ball out but need the Kris Jenner touch to make it come to life. And you know that if Drake was in an episode, he would be flirting so hard with Chris the entire time. I know. <laughs> I want this to happen so badly. Who do we talk to about this? I don't know. But if anybody's listening, they're really missing out by not making this happen. Also... Just because you said Drake to quickly, quickly not have a whole conversation about it. But people fucking loved that answer for a hypothetical person for Kim. (laughs) It's because it's the most fun thing to fantasize about. Like, I really feel like when we said to people, listen, all bets are off. Leave logic at the door. Leave any of your, you know, moral high ground out the door. This is purely fantasy based. I feel like the floodgates really open in terms of people's imagination. And so when they heard you say Drake, they had the same reaction I did of like, yes, that is it. A couple of people said, obviously, hypothetical, there's no Haley involved. But a couple of people said Bieber would also be such a fun one. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine. I can't. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to, I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you, I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me, but when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know. The straps don't dig into you. It's 
probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Shall we get into the main event, which is Chloe and Lamar? I would love nothing more. I mean, this first episode, which is episode three, for those of you following along with us, I really feel like this was a pretty pivotal episode in the entire Kardashian series. I remember this one very vividly. This was huge to Chloe's story. And I actually have to say that I really do remember feeling exactly the same watching it now as I did the first time. I actually think I reacted more strongly to this episode watching it now than I did when it initially came out because this came out in 2011. So that was 11 years ago. I was 16 years old. And this entire episode really centers around Chloe and her relationship with body image and weight and how mean and cruel the media can be and just all of these things coming to light. And I think watching this the first time at 16 years old, yeah, I had empathy for Chloe, but I just think at 27, my experience as being a woman in society with body image and weight and all these other things, I have so many more like life experiences to draw on that I don't know if this sounds really dramatic, but I was crying watching this episode. And it wasn't just because I felt for Chloe. I like felt for myself and my younger self, you know, and and I don't know. I just think it was a much more complex viewing experience than I had at 16 when I was a little bit more naive to the really unfortunate realities of society as a woman. That's fair. I would say that the way that I felt towards Chloe as a person and watching her struggle with this, that part of me is the same. At the time, it lacked the ability to like bring myself into the conversation. That's the difference. But I think that in terms of how I felt towards Chloe, how I viewed Chloe, the sympathy and empathy that I felt for her, that was the same. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how could you not? She's sitting on the floor of her house with Lamar, hysterically crying. And those were real tears. So I would say that this episode really centers around Chloe's body image issues. But more than that, it really is about her issues with the way that everybody else is perceiving her and what they are putting on her. Totally. And not to say that she wasn't struggling with things existing inside of herself, but I would say the large majority of it was coming to terms with the way that she was not only being perceived, but also then being talked about and talked to. Yeah, I mean, it was really everybody else putting their own expectations of society onto Chloe, expectations of Chloe onto Chloe, and having a really difficult time understanding that this is not how Chloe feels. And what continuously happens in this episode is that everyone else is trying to tell Chloe how she should feel about her body. And she is fighting both those feelings that she already has inside of her about how she feels. But more than that, fighting off to try and explain to everybody else that like she doesn't necessarily feel that way. I know. And that is what I think is so frustrating for me to watch, that she basically has to explain why she is comfortable in her own skin, as if that is some sort of a revolutionary concept because she's curvier than her sisters. Like, do you know how deeply flawed of thinking that is. And we're in so deep that I'm telling you, when I was watching this the first time around 11 years ago, 
I did not think of it in, in those terms. Like exactly how you said, I was upset because Chloe was upset. I wasn't upset from like a societal perspective, whereas now I'm, I'm angered. <laughs> right. Because I think the first time that you watched it, you lacked the nuance in understanding certain things. I think the most triggering part of the episode, at least like from my perspective or the way that I would think other people would view it is the conversation between Chris and Chloe, which Chris comes to Chloe and basically says that because of their partnership with Quick Trim, Chris feels that Chloe is a detriment to that. And that was a really difficult thing to watch. I think at the time when you watch it originally, you are appalled that Chris would say it to her and you're upset that a mother would say that to their child and kind of project that onto them or choose business over their child's happiness and comfortability and confidence. But when you're watching it now, you feel all of those things, of course, but then you also have this understanding of like, wow, Chloe's relationship with her body, all of the sisters relationship with their body is so much deeper than just the media made them like this. So let's break that down for a second. She is basically saying the fact that you are not outwardly promoting diet culture is really an issue because what we are trying to do is promote diet culture because what we're trying to do is promote quick trim, which is like a wildly unhealthy and unsustainable supplement, if you even want to be as generous to call it a supplement, that they should have never been profiting off of in the first place. Because let me tell you something. One thing I do remember being 16, 17 years old is going into GNC and seeing the Kardashians in the bottle of quick trim and feeling like Kim's cinched waist is what I wanted and that that's what I needed to have, you know? And like, I, I, trust me, I'm not in the camp of blaming the Kardashians for that. I, I think that they fell into the trap just as much as everyone else did. But to see this conversation and then to remember my 17 year old self walking into GNC and seeing them on the bottles of Quick Trim and then now learning how how much the entire process was even hurting Chloe to to be the like face of it. You know what I mean? It's it's like I'm having a moment right now. I know. And then you also watching it today have the added context of Chris is only having this conversation with Chloe, but Kim in 2021 and 2022 is talking so openly about how at that time she was doing quick trim, but also promoting things like Carl's Jr. And so Chloe's the only one getting the backlash of like promoting two opposing things and two opposing ideas. Whereas Kim, it didn't matter because she was bringing in money and everyone kind of knew, quote unquote, that she was just promoting those things for the for the bag, essentially. Right. Which like, I didn't even think about that angle. You're so right. Chris was the one, let's even take it a step further. Chris was the one that was organizing Kim's Carl Jr.'s and cupcake brand deals at the same time as promoting Quick Trim. But you're right. It wasn't an issue in Chris's eyes because Chloe was, quote, bigger. Which, again, just to zoom out for a second, the entire thing is so fucked up because it's like the concept that you can't eat what you want to eat. And the only way that you can achieve the desired results is with like really, really strict restriction that only contributes to this like rampant eating disorders. The thing with Chris also that was the most on display here was just that manager first mindset that took her a really long time to overcome. She was manager first, mom second, a lot of the time. And this was the most prime example of that, especially because it was one thing for her to speak to Chloe about their brand deal and the way that Chloe's weight may have played a factor in that. It was another thing, the way that she delivered that to Chloe. 
There was no sensitivity in the way that she was talking, zero awareness or understanding for how these words may be received, which not to say some of this wasn't dramatized for the show, but I think the root of this conversation was totally truthful. There's no way Chris would have been down to be portrayed in such a cruel light if it wasn't really happening. I mean, to me, I viewed this as honestly a cruel conversation. And also, I know that Chris and Chloe have a very unique dynamic and her relationship to Chloe is different than her relationship with any of the other kids. And, you know, some people will say that Chris actually babies Chloe the least because she feels like Chloe can take the most. It's like there's so much there that we could have a whole episode based on just that. But I think something I was really picking up on here is that Not to say Chloe was more sensitive in these episodes than she is now. I think her sensitivity level has probably maintained itself. But her exterior was so much tougher here. And so even though Chris should have never, ever been speaking to her like this in the first place, I almost feel like because of the way that Chloe interacted with Chris so consistently, it made Chris feel like she could speak to Chloe like this, whereas now... She would never, even though the context was so objectively wrong, I'm not defending it for one second. I'm just saying in the delivery of it, I don't think she would ever have a conversation now with Chloe with this type of delivery because their entire relationship has kind of transformed based on the way that Chloe has softened over the years. Don't you agree? They have a very different relationship now than they did then in a lot of different ways. And I think that both of them, not just Chris, both of them looking back on old episodes and seeing the way they spoke to one another would be kind of appalled. The question that I have about that is, did this evolution come as they just both grew up and they both softened? Chloe, as we have seen over the years, really, really softened a lot. And Chris really made that switch from being manager first, mom second, to mom first, manager second. And I wonder if that active personality evolution is really what allowed their relationship to evolve as well. Or if there was a lot of behind the scenes healing going on and active healing and actively working through different things. Because during this time period, Chloe referring to Chris as Satan was like, par for the course. Like that was the standard. And it's not that they didn't love each other. And it's not that they didn't have this wonderful relationship, but there was hints of anger there that were rooted in a lot of truth. And we don't really see that anymore. No, we don't. And I don't know exactly what took place in order for them to get to the spot that they are now. I think, listen, it would be naive of us to think that the life events that they both went through in terms of everything that went down with the divorce with Caitlin, which obviously got really nasty. And then also everything that happened to Chloe with both Lamar and Tristan didn't contribute because I'm trying to think how to phrase this. I think up until those experiences happened to each of them, there was a level of toughness that they never really strayed from. And I almost feel like it was kind of the trauma of those events that allowed them to get in touch with their vulnerability because they didn't have another choice. They had to rely on each other, like all of them, but specifically each other. And I don't know if, I I don't know, I guess I don't know if specifically Chloe would have ever gotten to the point of being willing to be that vulnerable with Chris if she wasn't necessarily forced to by the circumstances of her life. I I get exactly what you're saying and I completely agree. I think that, first of all, the... Chloe and Lamar break up. There was a lot of confiding in Chris during that time, I believe. There was also a lot of hiding from Chris. And I think that there was probably a wall that was really torn down once 
Chloe was able to really explain it all to Chris and Chris was able to be a part of it. And that vulnerability probably broke their relationship open. But it's actually interesting because you and I were having this conversation yesterday, completely out of context of anything celebrity related, just about how like when parents become grandparents, it helps the child kind of heal because they get to see their parent a little bit differently, a little bit more softly, a little bit more just in a different light. And I think that that's also what happened with Chloe and Chris, where Chloe watched Chris become a grandmother and it softened her and it allowed Chloe to kind of have the same relationship with Chris that Chris had as a grandmother. Totally. And then on top of that, Chris being able to watch Chloe become a mother, which I know happened a lot later on, but I, I think, you know, we also can't discount how bonding of an experience that was specifically again, you know, Chloe becoming a mother at maybe the most traumatic time in all of her relationship. Like, Think about how much Chloe had to rely on Chris emotionally during that time when she is in the delivery room with Tristan, who she just found out cheated on her. And on top of that, because you're right, of course, but on top of that, one of our favorite things about Chloe is just her protective nature. And I think that during the time that Chris and Caitlin were going through the divorce and Caitlin was not treating Chris in the way that she deserved, or at least the kids thought she deserved... I remember Chloe absolutely being the most protective over Chris during that time. And I think that's also something that, and I know you had mentioned the divorce before, but that protective element, I think that's also something that helped heal their relationship because I think that just like you were saying before, Chris almost viewing Chloe as her equal. I think that was a huge part of the divorce where Chris really leaned on Chloe, not just for emotional support, but for emotional protectiveness. Well, right, because, you know, up until that point, and I mean, it's not totally linear, obviously, but if we just want to talk really top level and kind of general, we can almost say that up until that point, that toughness inside of Chloe, a lot of the times was directed at Chris. And now all of a sudden we're in a situation where the toughness that she used to actually use when her and Chris would go at it was now being reserved to almost protect Chris. And I think that if you're Chris... That's a shift that, you know, makes you take a step back for a second. Totally. It's like, it's very, very wild. I mean, pe- listen, people have really strong feelings on Chloe and Chris's dynamic because I think that if you watch the show back from the earlier days, you can potentially view Chris in a rather unfavorable light as it applies to Chloe in comparison to how she was to the rest of the kids. I don't I don't view it like that, though, because I think there's a lot of power in the evolution of it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that it's a really great example in terms of healing, because I think that listen, I don't mean to downplay the relationship that they had in the past. I think they've always had a really wonderful relationship, but all like all parent child relationships, it was layered. And I think that as they've both gotten older and they've both evolved, that the layers of their relationship have started to heal. And I think it's a really important lesson there in terms of how that could happen, but also both parties being willing to let that happen. And I don't know if this is a conversation that they are even, I'm sure they're aware of it. I mean, it's their life. Of course, they've understand the way that they've evolved. But when you've evolved over so many years, we're talking 11 years between this episode and now, I think that you don't necessarily see that 
change right in your face. But I think if they were to sit down and watch this episode, they would too have a moment of like, wow, we've really come a long way. I was actually wondering if this episode would be triggering for them to watch together. I mean, I think that for Chloe, this episode is triggering no matter what, because what was going on here is something that she should have never experienced and no one should ever experience. Like, by the way, it was triggering for me, so I can't even imagine what it was like for her. But separate and apart from any of the body image conversations, I'm talking just in terms of their relationship. I wonder how it would be for them to watch this together, because I really feel like they are in such a different place, which I know is a really bold assertion coming from someone who doesn't know either of them intimately. But I'm telling you, Chris would never speak to Chloe. Forget about the subject matter, because we know that that would never happen now. Chris would never speak to Chloe in a way where she was so unaware of how her words were going to be received. I just think they have a natural sensitivity that they've adapted to with one another. This would be really triggering for them to watch, for their relationship, for Chloe's relationship with herself, for Chloe's relationship with the media, for Chloe's relationship with Lamar, for Chris's understanding of Chloe's relationship with Lamar. Like, there is a lot of layers in this episode, and I think that for everybody involved, this would be one of the more triggering episodes. Well, just to move away from the Chris of it all for a second, I actually really want to go back to one of the beginning scenes that I don't even think we spoke about where it's Lamar and his interview and all of that. Yeah, well, the Lamar element of this is huge. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. 
That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So in one of these beginning scenes, basically what happened is Lamar did this interview with Playboy and in it, he's talking about him and Chloe's physical dynamic. And he makes a comment like, you know, Chloe's not small or Chloe's not a small girl. Not at all said negatively, which as a total side, not to get into this conversation right now, something that I want to table, is the fact that those words were even taken so negatively is so fat phobic in nature. Again, not to get into right now, but I just want to acknowledge that. So Rob is now reading this interview to Chloe and basically telling her how that quote was taken so out of context and the media and the public are now pretty much making fun of her that they feel as though her husband is speaking negatively about her. And for Chloe, she's like, wait a second. I know that that is not the case. I know how positively my husband views me. I know our sex life. I know our romantic life. And I know our attraction level. And I was just thinking how frustrating that must be as Chloe of you now feel like you have to be on the defense and you're now in a position where you have to defend to the public the fact that you know your husband is attracted to you and to not twist his words because what he said in an interview maybe even comes across slightly as though he's not into you physically. Like, what a dehumanizing experience that she had to live. Yeah. I mean, it was really difficult to watch. I mean, eh. This was a circumstance where what you were actively watching was the public not being able to understand, which is so ridiculous to say, but not being able to understand Lamar's attraction to Chloe. So it wasn't just, wow, Lamar is attracted to Chloe in spite of this, which is I can't even fathom thinking that, saying that, anything about that. But it was the lack of an understanding of, no, Lamar is specifically attracted to Chloe and her body type. He is specifically attracted to her because she is a curvier woman. And that was a concept that was clearly lost on everyone at this time. And so it was not only Chloe having to defend, no, my husband loves me for who I am and the way I am. It was Chloe not even being allowed to get to that second understanding because she was so busy defending the fact that her husband could love her the way she was, that she wasn't even able to explain the fact that he loves her because of this. This is the part of her that he is attracted to. Okay, yes. This is a discourse that I'm fucking obsessed with specifically on TikTok because, okay, so this is obviously a really general statement and I'm going to try to phrase it in the way that I want to and then hopefully it will be received in the way that I intend for it to be. In heterosexual relationships, when it's a man who is perceived as more, quote, conventionally attractive than the woman, a lot of the times when they're receiving like really harsh and unwarranted and cruel ridicule or commentary from the public or whoever it is, a lot of the times, exactly to your point, the women's most generalized defense is like, he loves me for me, which is true. He loves her for all of the factors that make her her, her personality, her heart, her mind. But on top of that, exactly what you're saying, what's lost in the argument is like, he also loves my body for exactly what it is. It's not like he loves me in spite of my body that you don't view to be attractive. It's like, he actually fucking loves the body that you don't view to be attractive. He also additionally loves my heart, loves my mind, loves my spirit, loves the, you know, 
the partner, the mother, the, the daughter, whatever I am. But it's also honoring the fact that he is so attracted to my body and people cannot for the life of them understand that concept. Of course. And this was actually something that I think that Chloe spent so much time defending that she never allowed herself to understand. The other part of this episode that was my big takeaway as well was it wasn't just Chloe having to defend Lamar loving her body. It was Chloe having to defend her own feelings towards her body and her own happiness and her own comfortability with it. Right. And what was so deeply hypocritical and infuriating about that is you constantly hear this trope that one of the most important things a woman can have is confidence. And it's not even that I necessarily disagree with that. But here you had a woman who was actually very confident in her own skin, yet she was being told that there was no way she could possibly be confident because what she viewed to be, quote, attractive was objectively wrong. Like, (laughs) how? even as I'm talking about it, I'm getting so frustrated. Well, what was happening here was two different things because it was that concept of Chloe saying, I'm not upset. Everyone else is upset. Everyone else seems to have an issue with what I do not have an issue with. And that was really difficult. And then as the episode progresses and everyone is in her head and everyone is in her ear telling her that she's wrong about that, you also hear her say, I am so sick of pretending to love my body for the sake of being a good role model. And so those two conflicting ideas, of course, are kind of opposite of each other, but they're allowed to exist at once. And that is something where the nuance that we understand in terms of body image and conversation today, we allow for that. You know what I mean? We allow for the idea of I love this and I'm happy with it. And then some days I don't. And the whole purpose is working towards being able to come to terms with those feelings and getting to a place where both of those things kind of disappear. And it was just really difficult to watch Chloe on one hand have to struggle with both of those feelings and feeling like neither of them were valid. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because... You just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. 
And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Right, but I honestly think something that was happening here is that she never had the opportunity to just sit in the silence and the comfort and the safety of her own thoughts and really try to reflect on how do I feel about my body? Like, what is my reaction? Because I think at this point, it was already too far gone and, you know, her mind was infiltrated by all this negativity. So when she says, you know, I'm so tired of having to pretend that I'm happy with this just for the purpose of being a good role model. I think that's so true. And no part of me is trying to invalidate that. I have to imagine that that was a really frustrating experience she was having. I'm just saying that when she says she wasn't fully happy, was that because of how she felt when she looked in the mirror? Or was that because when she was looking in the mirror, she was thinking of what everyone else was saying and her mind at that point was already too filled with everyone else's perceptions? You know, like the conflation was so great that it made me sad of, of, I felt she lost her ability to be like objective in her own self-view. Because it it wasn't just like her family was really vocal. Like, think about it in your own life, right? If you have a family that's vocal and speaking to you in a way that it is negatively or positively charged about your body. I mean, I'm I'm a huge believer in the idea of neutrality, that not only body neutrality for yourself, but like no one else needs to comment about it in one way or another. So she had that. She had a very vocal family, everyone from her mom to her brother to her stepfather, but then the entire fucking world. So like, I think when you're in that position, it's very hard to um, maintain your sense of self if you're not consciously, consciously and actively working on it. Right. And I think the question that you're asking, which is, is Chloe's reaction to saying that she is sick of pretending for the sake of being a good role model, is that about everyone else's opinions or is that about how she actually felt towards herself? Again, I think it's both and it's allowed to be both. And I think that one of the things that she was also battling on top of that was I'm sick of pretending that people's words aren't affecting me. And I think that that was a combination of both being a good role model in terms of the way she viewed herself and her body and weight, and also in terms of protecting this harsh exterior that had become her identity at this time. It was almost her personality trait. Chloe was the tough one. Chloe's the one that took no bullshit. Even now we talk about Chloe in that way where we, you know, post the old photos of her and, and the tweets are like, um, this Chloe would have kicked Tristan's ass. It was like that harsh exterior had become her brand. And so part of that, of being so sick of having to act like it didn't affect her was also part of preserving that brand. Entirely, which is another reason that the relationship with Lamar was so deeply impactful, because take all of these conversations out of the equation, just the entire idea that there was a safe place for her to be her, quote, softest with was highly, highly liberating for her. She never felt safe enough or comfortable enough to ever do that with anyone, including her own family. And now all of a sudden she meets this guy and and that tough exterior can kind of shed in his presence because he makes her feel so safe which then we fast forward a few years and that was ripped from her, which I mean, like so complex and so much more there. But yes, like this is so layered. I'm not kidding when I tell you I could talk about this for hours and hours on end. Me too. And you know, the safety that she felt with Lamar in terms of being able to let down that exterior was never more prevalent than her using the baby voice with him. I was about to say that to you, Julie. It was such a manifestation of that like, childlike safety she felt. 
Right. I yeah. miss Chloe's baby voice. I loved it. And I am not someone that ever, ever, ever likes someone else's baby voice. I think it is maybe most people's worst quality, but there is something about Chloe's baby voice with Lamar where I, I could fall asleep to that soothing sound. I mean, for me, it wasn't the sound. It was more so what it signaled. And I knew what it signaled. I don't think that at the time watching this the first time around at 16 or 17, I fully got it. I knew he brought out a different side of her, but watching it back now, it's so clear. And I mean, I'm not kidding you though. Watching this for, for this episode, like I was really crying. I was really, really crying when she was sitting on the floor with him, hysterically crying because it's like I just wanted for her to be able to have that peace that was being ripped from her constantly by everyone around her. It's, oh, God. I know it was a hard episode to watch. It's a hard it episode a- to discuss because there's so many different layers and so many things that we can talk about, and like so many things where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm qualified to say that. It was tough to watch. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I think that re-watching this episode, if I hadn't discussed this um, in as much depth in therapy as I did, I would have a much harder time, honestly. I think it would have been a lot more triggering for me if I hadn't already like seriously gone through this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how the fuck we got there. That got way... Uh, deeper than I anticipated, but I'm glad it did because it's like a really important conversation that I, I don't even think we had it as eloquently as we could have because I felt us both getting really passionate, but it's just a, a fascinating uh, dynamic and, and something that you have to remember when now analyzing present day for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. I know you probably weren't expecting this. I don't really know how we got here, but um. I will see you later this week for Bravo and we will be back next week and we love you. Thanks for letting us do this. Bye.